Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is the Man Up Podcast, podcast number 98. Hard to believe. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. Go ahead and take a globe, spin it around, put your finger down, bang. With a little bit of luck, you'll be in Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we are. This is the Man Up. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys trying to deepen our faith and go on this journey with men together. Podcast number 98, we are two away from our great big 100th podcast. It is going to be awesome. It's going to amaze everybody. And when it finally gets here, I'm sure it's going to amaze even me. So (laughs) the studio is full tonight. And we have, I'll just go around the room. Our regular panelist, he is a policy writer, but he's also a professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch is here. Who's Steve? Who's Steve? Also, we have, he is a world-class trainer. We kind of consider him the intellectual. I have to study before I even talk to him. Robert Koshu is here. Robert. And he's an attorney, but he's also a prosecutor. So he could defend you or he could throw you in the break. And that is Mr. Michael Cropper. And he's here back from his mission trip. And we were going to let him carry the whole podcast. It's uh, Deacon Kyle Trey, and he's sporting that Mexican tan, too. So. Yeah, Deacon Kyle. helper tan. <laughs> there you go. And we had David and Mike, right? Brad. 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 David Brad. and Brad are, are sitting in also, so you'll be hearing them chime in. We are in our Connect 360, Truth and Grace. You know, we're men. We like to have a plan, but as men, sometimes it changes. And what we did is we skipped a lesson, and we're up to lesson nine, which is follow Jesus' example. And the focal text is John 13, 1 through 17. But before I get into reading the scripture, I'm going to go ahead and uh, open the floor to the fellas because this is men. This is, and sometimes you just want to get a summary of the lesson. Might be something that you know, a little extra insight. So go ahead and we'll do a quick, uh, quick overview. Uh, start with Mr. Steve Titch. Well, this is uh, the story where Jesus washes his disciples' feet uh, right before the Last Supper. It's so familiar that uh, we sometimes lose the meaning or the deeper meanings of it, like, like many of the things we've talked about in the past. So uh, we're looking, I'm looking forward to, to really looking at how radical this act of servanthood is. Excellent. Professor Koshu. The radicalness of it, I, I think, is something that can really stand out and we're going to really enjoy talking about. Because like, like Steve said, this is one of those stories... Every one of us, has heard, even people who, even your Christmas and Easter people, 
people come to church only on Christmas right, and Easter, right, right. end up in your seat that you're mad about because right, they're in right. your seat on Sunday morning. Even they know this yeah. story. And so like Steve said, it's a story a lot of times we lose the meaning of it because it is such a story that we know so much about. Okay. Judge. Uh, I agree with the guys. Very, 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 very well-known story. You've heard it ever since you were three or four years old, if you've been in uh, Baptist uh, Sunday schools and such, and uh, maybe in the Methodist, I don't know at all, but it's a very, very famous story. It's interesting to me because uh, one commentary that I read says, reminds us that when we go into this, Jesus has completed his teaching to all the people. And now he's got, what, 24 hours before he goes up to the cross or he's headed toward the cross. And this last bit of time he's spending with his disciples. And uh, one commentator says he's actually teaching his disciples uh, very intimately in this last 24 hours. So it's a thought. We'll look at that. Excellent. Sure. And our missionary, Kyle Trahan. You know, it's the servant's heart. Um, actually, uh, recently we went to that uh, state in Kerrville. They got the huge cross thing and all of the bronze statues and all of that. And one of their statues is the divine servant. And it's Jesus is washing Peter's feet. And so I'll post those up uh, here in a moment. And it's, uh, you know, just... Uh, it's for us to remember that we are supposed to serve. Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture. This is John 13, 1 through 17. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to pray betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You think he says there in the next to last sentence, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. You think he's referring to his heavenly father and all? 
I would, I would uh, say you so. get that yes. idea. I, I start thinking about you think about it, when you actually start looking at all this and you look at it in, in, in his way he's presenting the gospel and himself and his heavenly father in this. Uh, I always wondered what that meant until the night when I was reading through it, and I thought, you know what, he may be referring to his heavenly father. I'm not greater than my father who sent me. And, but I think all, that applies across the board to you. I mean, it's, it's kind right. of a message of humility all around. Yes. You're, you're not greater than God. You're, you're, you're all, you're, we're all, it's kind of giving us our rank of, of, of servants. Yeah. What I found interesting, and, and I had never thought about it, as Mike said, um, this was, and, and I read this earlier, um, has you, has, chapter 13 marks a demarcation line in the gospel here in John. Mm -hmm. Up until now, Jesus has been, there's like the intro to John, where it's the word became flesh that we started at the very beginning, the, my favorite Christmas passage. And then Jesus teaching all this time, and now we're at the end where it's Jesus being revealed in glory. And part of this, though, is this intense teaching he's going to have with the disciples. And, yeah. and I, I'm sitting here laughing because, as you mentioned, that I'd never thought, I, I probably had thought of it, but not really in this light. The absolute positive only way to train anybody, I am here to tell you, as a corporate trainer, as a trainer right, <laughs> and, right. is to have them do it and before they do it, have them see you do it. Yes, right. Yes. And exactly. so this is literally the kickoff of Jesus teaching people how to be servants. This also, is right. also this and, and um, as you said at the start of the podcast, everybody knows the story. Mm -hmm. One of the most significant aspects of it is where it appears, where it, it fits in, in the story of Jesus. And as a screenwriter, Bill will tell you, but it's pretty much screenwriter 101 or storytelling 101. If you want to drive home the plot and especially the theme of your work, have a major character spell it out in the scene before he either dies or leaves the drama. Oh, the drama! <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. this is what this is how John has built this. We are now we are now having the yeah. last scene of Jesus with his apostles, and mm -hmm. so really, this is the pay attention to what's going on scene. Uh, isn't interested anything else? And so first comes this this scene of of this act of washing the feet, which in the culture of the time, that's what slaves did. If if you were... One brief moment. Not any slave. So the Jews wouldn't let Jewish slaves do it. Only the Gentile slaves do it. So it's not just a slave, but the lowest slave. So yes. And so this is a... And every disciple in that room, and Peter, of course, voices it. What?! Right. Yeah, yeah, and and, uh, but that's of course as as it, it becomes kind of almost a a a microcosm of the entire crucifixion right there. Um, Jesus is 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 give is emptying himself here. He is he is right. Basically taking he he as God, which which John has established, 
is going to the absolute lowest strata in this society. Mm -hmm. Barring, barring maybe a leper or something, but but certainly the pig lowest farmer. I guess pig farmer was even higher, though. Uh, well, now, right. can, can you what you're saying? It also reminds right. us that no job is too low. Mm -hmm. Every one of us, no matter what we're doing. I mean, was mm -hmm. it you um, talking about the CEO that walk around and pick up trash yeah. off the ground? Yeah, one of the, the former VP is a VP of the company that VP, I was with. Thank but you. Yes. It was a VP mm -hmm. of one of AIG's call centers. He and he would walk around, around and stop and pick trash up. <laughs> Just because it helps the other person as well. Yeah. And it sets the example. Yeah, the example. there you go. But, Absolutely. you know, it, it's not that, oh, well, that trash is just there. I can't believe that. Well, it's going to stay there until somebody else gets it. Yeah. You know, and it, so that's it. Yeah. Brad, no job. Uh, you uh, go ahead and feel free to chime in. Well, one of my this is one of my favorite passages for a couple of reasons. I'm, one of the most striking things that I see here, you know, the, the the obvious participants in this discourse are Jesus and his disciples, but there is also someone else present. Oh, absolutely. And it should be a reminder to any body of believ believers gathering um, spiritual warfare. Is all around us, and in verse, in verse two, uh, the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Satan is present in this upper room discourse. Okay, he's there because he's he's already got at Judas. That's one of the first things that, that catches my eye here is that we can have the greatest of intentions of being the hands and feet of Christ. But to, to enter into that service um, ignorant of the spiritual battles that we're, we're engaged in, um, I, I think we all need to be aware of that. The second thing here is that it says Jesus got up from the mill. He got up from the mill and took off his outer clothing. How many of us are willing to push ourselves away from the dinner table to go answer the door, much less deny ourselves some fleshly appetite to go be the hands and feet of Christ. So Jesus modeling, Jesus modeling this, that he got up, he got up from that, from the, from the meal, from, from filling his, his stomach to go serve, to go wash the feet. Uh, well, you walked disciples. away from something yeah. to, to take care of. Something that yeah. satisfies uh, temporarily. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You brought up something interesting with Judas. It says he loved them all. Does he love Judas right up to the end till he dies? He loved Judas after, up to the end. Yes. Because and, and it he says he treated Judas's him just feet. like... Yes, I, he washed exactly. Judas' feet. He washed his feet and he treated him as if he was one of the rest. Yeah. And let Judas show himself to the others mm -hmm. by running out. Jesus did not treat him different from the others. He treated him as if he loved him as much as the others, which is a... It's, it would be difficult for me to do. <laughs> and, you know, I just want to let you know that this is the Man Up Podcast. Podcast number 98, we're two away from number 100. And we have an open door policy here. Sometimes we probably should lock it. But Earl Lloyd joined us. So uh, we're glad you're here, Earl. And uh, we're on uh, lesson number nine. Of course, we're in the Connect 360, Truth and Grace. And we're talking about John 13, 1 through 17. And I absolutely believe 
that Judas is a major part of the plan. And yes, he absolutely was love, but he, he was he's part of the plan. Yeah. He's part of this theme. He absolutely he is absolutely a, right. a very important part. Yeah. And and I think it's important for us to know, going back to what Brad said about spiritual warfare, that when the disciples got picked, Judas got picked. When the disciples went out to by twos to perform miracles and what Judas went and performed miracles and witnessed and did everything. Jesus washes Judas's feet. <laughs> you know, uh -huh. up until the moment where he takes the bread and runs out of the room, or doesn't take the bread and runs out of the room, he is, for all intents and purposes, one of the dis well, he was one of the disciples, with all that that entailed. <laughs> You know, hanging out with Jesus, listening to Jesus, doing everything up for Jesus, and I think that's something. You know, I think that's something we always need to think about a little bit. Well, I think, in, like you said, in Brad say we always we have to be on guard all the time, don't we? Mm -hmm. I mean, sure. on guard, and without the help of the Holy Spirit to guide us, we would miss many of these instances that Satan may be playing tricks on us or or shooting our mind with thoughts that would be uh, uh, very. Bad, bad for our health, to say the least. Earl, would you like to join in real quick before we take our hard break? Okay, I, I, I will uh, chime in and piggyback off. I, I think I caught the last part of what Brad uh, made mention about, and to me that is the heart of the story. It is he's washing this guy's feet, and he knew that he was going to betray him. And if I told either one of y'all that I was going to go and smash your windows out of your car, can you forgive me before I even did it? And that the magnitude of, of what motivates Jesus to continue to wash his feet? And the answer is because it's not about him. It's about the will of his Father, which is God. What motivates us to uh, do what, what we don't want to do? And that's for the simple fact that we are we know that we are going to be with God in, in the end. And uh, it, it wasn't about it wasn't about God, it wasn't about Jesus, it wasn't about him, it was about his father's will. And that's what motivated him. And that's what should motivate us to continue to do God's will because we have no agenda. Excellent. And with that, we're gonna go ahead and we'll take our break. This is Man Up. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast. Spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic. The Man Up Way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is the Man Up Podcast, podcast number 98. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys I'm trying to deepen our deepen our faith. Talking with the fellas here, and because we bring in all these different viewpoints, we're hoping that you will be blessed by 
sorting through this and thinking about it in your own mind, you might identify with it more than some of the others. And this is John 13, 1 through 17. We're talking about uh, Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. Professor. Okay. <laughs> I, I make a comment. I, I find a this a little bit humorous. You, know, you guys brought it up a, a little earlier where uh, Peter, uh, pardon me, Jesus is going to wash their feet. And Peter says, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus' response is, this is not a democracy. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have you don't a vote. You don't get a vote in you this. And that just strikes me as being funny because Peter says, okay, wash my whole body. He jumps all in. I, yeah. He jumps all in. And then, of course, Jesus, Jesus does have a nice that's response. Why, that's why says, I like Peter because Peter's always yeah. out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Peter's yeah. my guy. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, he has a great answer and he says, uh, you're not completely dirty, just your feet. Right. And what, what do we do? We walk in the world every day, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, the book, I, the, the author of the study um, writes it well. Um, you go, you, you, <laughs> I, and it, it made me think, you're, 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 if you go camping, you know, you use a camp shower, sure. you use a shower, and, and, but the moment you step out of it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's still grime. Your, your rest of your body's there's clean, sand, but you know, sand, dust, grimy, or like some. you know, the pool shower. Same thing yeah. happens. Right. And and kind of that's kind of the case. No matter, you, you know, you pick it up anyway. This is this is an I, I I think a thing about sin that that's sometimes hard to comprehend. Mm. It it sticks to you. You, you you can't you you, you can yeah. you can do your best to keep a lot of it off, but you know it's there and it's going to get on you, and you do have to just being get in the world off. is going to get on you, isn't it? Just right. being and, in what we and and uh, but uh, looking at it from maybe in the apostles' point of view, it's a, it's hard to it's a hard to let that happen, especially if it's somebody who's supposed to be your God. You know, you're you're going to cleanse me you're you're going to do this for me uh, and, and then you, then at least the other thought how awesome it is how think about how awesome just having having someone you worship there wash your feet in this culture and then you know the next day he's going to be crucified for you so mm -hmm. so it's it's even more than that but it just yeah. uh it is humbling they, it should be. they didn't realize it was not a handoff of the ministry. It was a handoff of the ministry. Yes, that, that, you know. that and the fact that you have to put yourself in their shoes. This mm -hmm. was like during the headlights to most of them around the table because, I mean, what's going on here? And right. gonna really, we'll really see it in the next lesson. Mm -hmm. You know, they start to chirp out like, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm lost. I mean, I didn't sign these, up for this. I, I, the, here it is. You, yeah. you, you've told us all of this. Right. And it's starting to come true. We've seen you perform all of these miracles. Now here it is. You you washing our feet. And they mm -hmm. and you know one of the reasons why Peter uh, uh, shouted out like, no, no, you're not you're not washing my feet. We, we we want you to do you know you 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 died. You the Lord. We didn't send you calm the storm. But mm -hmm. these guys got to be so confused at this juncture at, at, at this point. Oh, Sitting yeah, around the table, man. And, and he already mm -hmm. laid on them all of the information that he laid on. They start they they starting to see that it's coming mm -hmm. to fruition. And it's like, am I in a dream or, or what's going on here? So I, I always try to put myself in the disciples' shoes. And not only that, fast forward 2,000 years, do we get it? We read all of this literature. Do, do, mm -hmm. we, do we get it? 
Well, what's do we what's, understand? What's interesting here, and and this is again sometimes where people go wrong. Jesus does not negate himself here. He sits back down and says, "You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so." Mm-hmm. And but and then he goes on to say, "But doing what I'm doing is part of the job." <laughs> you know, yeah, you I you know that does not make you know you you can he can call he can point to Matthew and say, "Yeah, you can you're a tax collector." But you also got to be washing people's face. That doesn't make you above something. Right. Um, it's part of the job, and, servanthood. And I, I think that's I think that's the man lesson. Out of everything in this, that's the man lesson, because we're always, you know, you like to say, Bill, we're all leaders in our own circle of influence. But to be a leader, we have to be a servant. But as we move on. And, I think that that's the lesson for men in this. Well, and also. We don't know where, we're a spoke in the wheel. We, we don't know exactly where, though. Where are we in the story, you know? We, we have kids. Okay, we're passing it on to our kids. Somebody passed it on to us. You may, your circle of influence, you may pass it on to a neighbor, you know? Jesus was passing on his ministry, and this, to me, is an example of how he passed it on to the disciples. They did not know until later on when they put it all together mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. we're expected to totally know either but we're to have faith and continue Amen. on it's child it was childish but sincere in what Peter was saying to him and one right. of the things that we have to humble ourselves as leaders in our circles of influence with our kids is to point out to them that we need a daily foot washing okay so think about a young believer thinking that they've sinned so great that they must have lost their salvation. I've struggled with that for years. And recognizing that once washed, always washed. But you need a daily foot washing. And to be able to confess your sins and and model that for your kids, that I am not perfect. I, I, I get dirty every single day. One of my favorite verses is Psalm 119, verse 45. I will walk about in freedom, for I've sought out your precepts. Freedom means at liberty, roomy in any direction. As a believer, we have that liberty to walk about in freedom, knowing that we're going to get dirty, but also knowing that our salvation is secure through Christ and what he did for us. So this models on a spiritual level the 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 um, the, the, the the teachings that your salvation is secure. But come to come to come to God every day through Jesus Christ. Amen. Confessing your sins. And and I think and I think that's the the symbolism of it is the walking around, because I don't know about anybody. Kyle knows this because he always wears sandals. But <laughs> just about when, when I so if you go to Camp Eagle with our youth, you'll find out they all wear chakas. Don't ask me. I do not wear open-toe sandals hiking in the hill country. <laughs> but a lot of people up there do, and it's hilarious at the end of the day because they'll take their chakas off, and a chaka has three straps on it basically, and you can see the straps. Around the black, <laughs> because they're they're and and we've often talked, and I always compare the topography, geography, and geology of the hill country is very similar to ancient Israel. So you have all the dust and stuff when you're walking around, but then there was also other things done <laughs> on the road that you'd get on your feet as well. And so just walking around, like you said, Brad, I think that's a great illustration. You know, we're going to get dirty just walking around. 
And so the, the foot, foot washing was ceremonial for the Jews, but it was also a show of respect. But the, the sincerity that, uh, that Jesus had in this talk and this action mm -hmm. with the disciples kind of reminds me as my dad before he passed away as he was getting older because I'm from Michigan and so I'd only go up every few months. The last few years, he'd always give me the death speech. You know, the, the things I never told you or that I want to tell you now. And I, I, I didn't want to hear him, but I wanted to hear him. Because, you know, I didn't, didn't want to think about that. And so I was in a bit of denial about it, but it was important for him important. to pass that on. And I think at this particular moment, that was the sincerity that Jesus was doing this as he was passing this on to the disciples. Another thing that I like when he asked the question, do you understand what I have just done to you all? <laughs> no, I, 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 don't I, would, think I wish I, I had no, a camera no, to watch their face no, when yeah, he asked, I because know. I wish I could just see the look in their faces, because they had to have all the, all of them had to just, like I said earlier, deer in the headlights look like, you know, what is going on? Well, don't you here? know he did that a million times, though? Yeah. Well, he I mean, did so that, many times. He did that all the time. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. These guys never seemed to get it. Right. Well, he, he, even even when he woke up, remember the uh, scene at the ship when he woke up and he said, "Peace be still," and the waters calm. Right. Another moment, I wish I could have just watched their faces <laughs> right. when uh, when he did that. Well, it's the Walk same thing. Water. Same thing. Sitting around the table and he's telling them what he told them. He washed their feet and then he asked them a question. Do you understand what I've just done here? And um, none, none, none of them responded. And he, and he, and he I'm surprised Peter didn't respond. I have a question. How long do y'all think the silence went after he asked, <laughs> after he asked the question? Yeah. <laughs> Before he answered. <laughs> Definitely crickets going on. We're getting down to the end of the podcast, and uh, this has really been a great discussion. It's a study that, like we said before, um, that we all know. But before I ended it, I just wanted to get, uh, because we're a Bible-based church, we believe in missions, and I'd like to just get a brief overview or maybe summary of a Mexico mission trip that Deacon Kyle went on. Um, you know, for mission trips, you don't always know exactly what your mission is when you arrive. Uh, at least in Mexico, you know, some of our other ones is a little more straightforward. You're going to... Real quick, though, you uh, left Houston and went to where? We went to Juan Aldama, Chihuahua, Mexico. How many hours or miles? About 700 miles, almost predominantly in Texas. Really? It's only two hours, two and a half hours south of the Mexican border. Okay. So it's basically drive out I-10 to Fort Stockton, turn south, and drive until you finally hit the border, and then you're almost there. How many How many miles of dirt roads or hours of dirt roads? Uh, really, <laughs> really none. None? No, okay. but uh, you know, the compound remote? was uh, very, very dusty. I do wear sandals. There was a foot washing and a sandal washing right. at one point um, because they have very red dirt. And so, it, it, yeah, it got Did bad. you wash your own feet or did you? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, right. <laughs> there was nobody there, I think, willing to, to humble themselves for that. And you, how uh, many days were you there? We went, uh, you leave on Saturday, you come back on Friday. Um, so, you know, pretty much right at a week. How many people? 
we had 12 folks go down, two vans and one trailer. Um, and you did construction, We right? did a variety of everything. Um, a lot of plumbing, of replacing lines and this and that. Uh, replacing water heaters. We well, reconstructed three uh, structures that will hold the new swap coolers, which here in Houston, because of our humidity, we have air conditioners there and they're dry. They get the swamp coolers, um, which will be hoisted and attached onto a roof of a clinic. And um, just a lot of various little things. But, uh, you know, you get up and you start cooking your breakfast at 6 in the morning and you go to work by about 7.30. Work till lunch, which you cook yourselves, clean up yourselves, go back to work, then cook your own dinner, clean up, and drag yourself to bed. You know, Camp, uh, camping with a purpose. What were you, were you building a clinic, a church, a school? What were you? What was the? What was the building project? Well, it was replacing the structures for the swamp coolers. The swamp, oh, okay. So, um... What is a swamp cooler? It's basically an air conditioner. Air conditioner. Mm -hmm. yeah, just for a dry, dry, dry climate air conditioner. Right, basically. <laughs> um, and so all the structures are rusted and mm -hmm. now they have two by fours screwed into okay. the metal and everything else. So the things we built will be up there for at least 20 plus years. Did you get to meet the people that you were doing this for? Um, you meet some of the locals. Some of the locals. Okay. Um, you know, we have our, our go-between, which is Dr. Hugo. Um, if anybody has an opportunity, the man's hilarious. He's really fun to be around. Um, and then uh, there's always several, you know, that come in that you recognize um, that you've worked with from the last mission trip. And then various locals that you can't really communicate with. Um, Tell at least regular normal conversation, but you know, like one night, I uh, I worked with uh, Dr. Hugo's brother, and we fixed a couple of uh, gas stove things. And he's talking in Spanish, so I'm talking in English, and there's a lot of pointing and grunting, yeah. and you know, and you know, one way or another, we still got things fixed. Excellent. Yeah. And just real quick, or go yeah, ahead, So, just so people know, I know a little bit about this. So, if you know Bill or Steve or Kyle, because y'all have been around and involved as long as I have, 25 plus years we've been going down to Mexico as a church. This isn't a one time only shot. Oh, no, with oh well, let me, let me give this statistic because that was kind of interesting. This was okay. only my second trip down. Okay. And uh, I think the next person was at four, and then there was like a four or five here and there. Between the 12, there's over 150 mission trips just to Mexico. Wow. One guy that leads our thing, Jimmy Carroll, um, 43. Wow. 43 mission trips over the last 24 years, yeah. whatever that is. And, and I'm and just going to say, based on, the, based on the Facebook pictures that I saw, I want to go just because I want to eat with them because right. they... They ate well. Yeah, they did. Well. I made my signature hot sauce when I got down there. And, you know, yeah. So Gringo hot sauce. <laughs> did you have Doritos? No. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, close that up, Kyle, and just uh, talk about real quick about the feeling. 
I'm sure that you had as you guys came back and what you shared, uh, you know, with this uh, mission trip. You know, for the mission trips, you know, you, you do get to meet some of the locals and you get to interact some, uh, but there is always that language barrier, mm -hmm. you know, but you still feel the love and see the love, you know, people working side by side, whether a language or apart or not. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would have to say probably the most rewarding, though, was last trip. Um, not to diminish this one, um, but at the end of our last trip, we actually added, um, or not the end, but the thing we did was we added a second floor into a parsonage, which is a home for, you know, the pastor, pastor or whatever. Right. And uh, it had super high ceilings. So we built a floor, um, and basically it was to be used as a chapel. And so the last night, we gave that engineering a test, and we had a, about a 60, 65 person church service on that floor the last night. So, you know, you say that prayer, Lord God, please, <laughs> right. we have done this well, right. we have built it strong, <laughs> and it didn't Lord. bow, it didn't move. Lift, you know, lift those uh, people up. <laughs> literally, and the floor, slide as a floor, slide as a feather, Lord. Uh, you know, but literally, they carried a lady up the little bitty straight up stairs in a wheelchair and stuff. I mean, it was a great, great end to that. And sometimes oh, yeah. you really get to see that. You know, this time we built the structures and we left them sitting on the side of the building. But yeah. you know, the next people in are right. gonna probably lift it up right. and the job will be done and we'll get pictures and satisfaction, you know, of that finished job. But part of it as well is knowing that your part of the job was done. And you don't always have to it's see a, it to the end. It's you're the, spoke it's of the, the wheel. Of the you're wheel. Spoke exactly. of the wheel, and you don't it's know. You sad. have to have faith. <laughs> As I'm saying, that, that, you're, saying it. that you're a spoke, and that you're handing it off. Yep. I mean, you're doing your part. I absolutely believe that. And uh, before we get to the summary, I'm just going to throw this out. We have a uh, our hundredth podcast that's coming up. Got some cool things that are coming in. Uh, we might even do some hits and misses. So some of the panelists, what they thought hit, what they didn't hit. Um, Going to do that. Maybe even some uh, photos that the professor is going to get organized, and we'll put that on our uh, uh, Facebook page and also what the the website as well. So uh, if you if you're at all curious with what we look like, we'll put up some, and they'll be pretty nice. So. Uh, man Up, uh, we're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Twitter, uh, manupspiritualoasis.com uh, mm -hmm. uh, as well. And so go around the room uh, one more time. David's great having you here. Uh, you know, next time we're going to get you to go ahead and take over. So, <laughs> going to go ahead and we'll start with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Go ahead. And, and once uh, again, it is, a, it is a. Uh, Story that should should be looked at with fresh eyes, right. uh, and um, that our God is a servant, and to be an imitation of our God, servanthood is, as I mentioned before, part of the job, perhaps a principal part of the job, uh, to be willing to put others ahead of yourself, uh, and it's sometimes you know it's it, there's no guarantees it's going to be pleasant all the time. But uh, it is a way of 
honoring God. And it is something God asks of you, of us, and has shown that he is willing to set an example for that. Excellent. Deacon Kyle. You know, one of the hardest things for, I think, men is being able to humble ourselves, you know, and right. doing some of the things that have to be done, you know. They're not always pleasant. As we see in this depiction, Jesus knows what he's about to do is not going to be pleasant, but he's still doing what has to be done. And he's still teaching, and he's still loving them no matter what, even knowing that Judas is going to betray him in a minute. You know, and to be able to do that, I don't know. That's man. Takes a lot. That's man. Takes a lot. <laughs> right, right. Earl, the author closes this the lesson with the 17th verse, and the 17th verse says, now that you know the truth, how happy you will be if you put these things into practice. And what he means by that, go out and wash somebody else's feet. Go out there and pray for somebody. Go out there and serve somebody. Go out there and tell the world that Jesus Christ is coming back. And when he comes back, those that believe in them are going to meet them in the earth, and those that don't believe in them, they go into judgment. And also, go out there and humble yourselves and make it your motivation to do God's will and not your own. Excellent. Very well. Judge. Very well. I, I like the, uh, the whole last paragraph, I think, from 12 to 17, and uh, I believe Steve mentioned this, maybe Robert as well. Christ knows who he is. He is the Son of God. Uh, he is taken on umbling, umbling position here when he does wash their feet. But the next day he's about to do an even much more humbling experience. And, and not only would we call it humble, but, but it's a humiliating experience. And that it's so humiliating, in fact, when he dies on the cross, uh, his father turns his head away from him and absolutely turns his face away from him. And these, both of these acts here, the washing of the feet and the dying on the cross, are for the people who do not know him or believe in him, right? Not, not, uh, he already has his followers, so it's not for them. It's the people who have not accepted him as Lord and Savior. And so it's, it's very, if we put that in perspective, it just... Uh, it shows me how humble I should be in, in every way possible, and thank you for everything he's done for me. All right, Professor. Uh, two things. Um, so, of course, he has just two. Kind of, well, not one. Not even related you know. to the lesson, though. So, uh, well, I mean, source is not right. related to the lesson. <laughs> well, just, just has a plug to our church. Um, we did host the Compassion Experience. So, if anyone's not familiar with Compassion International, I do encourage anybody to go take a look. Uh, it involves sponsoring children in third world countries. And we walked our youth group through it this past weekend, so it's something. And number two, if you have not listened to Stephen Curtis Chapman before, I encourage you to go listen to his music, pick up his stuff. My wife and I had a very funny moment because we were sitting there waiting for the concert to start and realized that we saw Stephen Curtis Chapman when we were dating in 1987, Ooh, <laughs> while he opened <laughs> for a band called Whiteheart, who does not exist anymore, and Stephen wow. Curtis Chapman has 
sixty something Dove Awards, thirty something Grammys now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so it, it was just it was an amazing epiphany. And he talked about and this this is my man time. He talked about in his concert about your story. Part of your story if you're a man and as a leader needs to be a servant. So make sure you make that part of your story by following Jesus' example as you move forward. Outstanding. And with that, my name is Bill Cox, and I'm the host. This has been podcast number 98. We'd like to invite you, if you're ever in the Sugarland area, which is outside of Houston, stop in. <clears throat> and if you're unable to do that, we want to make sure that you are encouraged to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and go to an adult Bible fellowship, which is commonly known as a Sunday school class, and look for a men's only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Men Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want anything. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.